Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating. We can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to. Or we could start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option and I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven-figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people and I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me. And I was like so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test and then I got a job with a major mortgage company. And I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me because I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with zero dollars in my bank account and just being so stressed about money and so stressed about like is it gonna come into my life do I what am I gonna do about this to being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings and I think one of the big changes that I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account I still believed that I was abundant I still believed that money was gonna flow into my life I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was gonna come so I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario you can step into that next version of you and that next version of you that higher self version of you she's not that far away as you think i think she's just there's just garbage in the way and it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level of results it's something i'm super passionate about and i hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like not necessarily like just reconnecting to that path of what you want to do and reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger and what lights you up and what brings you joy so i'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes would love to connect with you on instagram my instagram's the shit show my 20s dm me and love to have a conversation and feel free to share this with someone you know will love it and you can also leave a review on itunes i would love that so this interview was so much fun and such a cool experience for me because I got to go down to LA into a music studio and it was a recording studio for the iHeartRadio station Afterglow. So I got to go to this recording studio and actually interview someone live, which I've never done before. Usually all my interviews are over Zoom. So to actually be able to look at someone and be in the same room as someone, it's this totally different energy. And this was such a cool experience for me. I love doing it. So today our guests are Chris and Eileen. And they're part of the Afterglow radio show on iHeartRadio. And they have such a cool energy, such a cool dynamic. And what I really love about this interview is we really get to see their friendship. We really get to see how they've been able to evolve and grow together. We get to see 
like the behind the scenes of being a radio personality, what that's like and how Afterglow came together and we get to hear about friendships and investing in people and building people up and how to find those genuine friendships. We get to hear about having, saying it all on the air and creating such a show and being able to create these dynamics and make sure the team works well together. We go into so many things in this interview. It's so much fun for me to do. Really excited for you guys to hear it. Let's get started. So thank you so much, guys, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. Yes. Of course. Thanks for having us. We're yeah, really excited. Honestly, we really are. Yeah, I'm so excited to see where this conversation goes. So. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to start off, like, tell me about your 20s so far. Feel okay. free to include oh. any shit show moments we might resonate with. Okay. Let's oh, start great. there. I mean, you want to go first or should I? Um, You should go first. Wow. I'm only 23. I'm only three years into my 20s and a lot of shit has happened. So go, uh, you go first. Okay. You have more so experience. I think my 20s have literally been a shit show. I got <laughs> stuck in a dead end job for like a year to the point when I like my car broke down. And so I had to take a train to work because I, I couldn't I couldn't drive. And the drive was like 30 minutes. And instead of me doing this whole like drive um, that I normally would do, it would take me two and a half hours on a train. Because the train would have to go an hour west to oh then, because gosh. then it didn't go east, it didn't go west in the morning, so I had to go an hour west, then I had to change, take another train for another 30 minutes, and then walk for 15 minutes. That's a struggle. Yeah. And so I hate, that was, a, that was the beginning of my 20s. That was like literally right when I turned 20. Okay. So that was like, I was like, great, I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> then after that, my 21 year, I just kept like breaking things. I broke my laptop four times that year. Oh I gosh. kept going through phones. And then let's see, 22 was a good year. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. 22. <laughs> no, 20, <laughs> 22 was a good year, I think, overall. I think 23 was nothing notable. 24 was, 24, I think, was one of my most favorite. No, no, sorry. 23 was my favorite year. Okay. Crazy fun, actually. It wasn't that much of a shit show. Um, I don't know. It was, it was like right before COVID and stuff. And, mm. and it was a great summer. And then um, when I turned 24, a few, a few months later, COVID hit and I was like, damn mm. and that was shitty and then when i turned 25 i got stuck in this shitty ass relationship with some piece of shit oh <laughs> it's okay so that was my shit show and i feel like i just i feel like i kept getting myself into situations that i shouldn't have kept getting into and i kept spending money places that i shouldn't mm. and so for me it was that it, my life, like literally in my twenties, was a shit show for the most part. I had one good year out of it, and like now that I'm 25, I'm like, okay, like I guess it's okay now. I haven't died yet. There's you know, still time. But I always say it builds character, so it's okay. I don't need any more character. <laughs> <laughs> call me, call me SpongeBob because I'm a whole character already. Oh like I'm my good. Gosh, I'm, so <laughs> I'm good. good. Like shit. Oh my gosh. As for me, my twenties again. Like I said, I'm only 23, so three years into it. I would say when I first turned 20, I had just moved back from New York. So I went to school in New York for two years and I moved back and I, I didn't have a job. I was living with my mom and I took a little break. I was like, you know, what? I'm, I'm going to take like four months off before I go back to school. And so I I had just like that was my first. Actually, that was like one of my one of the years that I was able to just live my life how I wanted to. And I was blessed enough that my mom was taking care of me. So I was just partying. I was like getting into bars and clubs underage, of course. And wow. like, just, I know, I know. And 
It was really fun. I have been in a long-term relationship for nine years. And so... Oh, congratulations. Thank you. You already knew that. (laughs) But I spend a lot of time, and I still do, with my boyfriend. So a lot of my, I would say... How do you say I'm like my pre-adult and adult life so far has been with my boyfriend, which I am so blessed because he's like literally my anchor. And so, yeah, that was 20. When I turned 21, that's where she got wild. That's where the real Eileen started to pop out. And I was like, <laughs> okay, she's in here. <laughs> and someone please come get her. <laughs> yeah, please. And like I said, like in my 20s, I was kind of like going out and experiencing it. From 18 to 20, I was doing that because of college. Till, but it wasn't like... I was always going with the flow. I was always going where everybody invites me. I'm just going to go. And when I turned 21, I took matters into my own hands. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go and do whatever I want to do. And my boyfriend, he's an Aquarius and I'm a Sagittarius. So I'm a fire sign. And he, I think, is air sign. Wow. Four minutes in, you're already dropping the horoscopes. (laughs) Yes, of course. You know me and my horoscopes. And so he's super chill, homebody, and I'm like, like, what's next? Constant next minute. I'm like, I'm up and I'm ready to go do something. And for him, he'd rather be at home all day. So when I turned 21, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go do whatever the hell I want to do. And that's when I took matters into my own hands. And I feel like I really discovered my personality and I was very confident in myself because growing up, it took a lot to find confidence within me. You know, I don't. I don't know where it stemmed from, but it happened. And yeah, because you're beautiful. So thank like, you. I appreciate that. But I mean, we all go through our own mental battles. And so at 21, I feel like I finally like let go of all that insecurity. And I just started to really live my best life. And I mean, I have a lot of buck shit while drunk stories. I don't know if I want to embarrass myself Oh my God, right yes. Now. Yeah, I didn't talk about any of that. I didn't talk about those yeah. stories. I'm, I'm waiting to see if she's going to ask those questions. Because they're like, oh, I was a great man. I drank yeah. water oh, and, yeah, the, sure. and the love of Christ. Literally. <laughs> so I have a bunch of crazy drunk shenanigans. But yeah, I feel like my, my 22 the year of me being 22 was stripped for me because of coronavirus which sucks but i'm very grateful to be here and be healthy and still living because i know a lot of people's year was not like that so i'm really grateful that that was i mean i just didn't get to experience life much i mean i stayed home all year i didn't travel anywhere i didn't do anything and i i kind of fell in this bubble of like what the hell do i want to do with my life i wasn't in school i was just working a nine-to-five job at a spa doing skincare and like I just wasn't, I wasn't happy and um, I'm really blessed for the coronavirus because it helped me open my eyes to a lot of things, especially for who I was working for. And that's where the truth really came out during those times. You try to see who's sympathetic, what are people's beliefs and I am really strong with energy and um, vibrations and so if I don't connect with you, if we're just not on the same level, I just, I keep my distance. I always say I love people from a distance. So I don't have to hate you, we don't have to be enemies, but we are just not... We're not going to, you're not going to be my aura. So I ended up quitting my job and then I just, I was on unemployment, which unemployment was beautiful. I mean, I was definitely able to save so much money. I've never saved that much money in my life. And so once I saved all that money, I, I, my boyfriend and I wrote a game plan. I heard this thing where it's like, when you have a dream, you write it down and it becomes a plan. And then when you plan it out, it becomes a goal. And then the goal becomes reality, you know? And so I, we wrote that plan out for me. And now like as crazy as it is, I, I manifested it for myself and I'm 23 years old now. And like, I always say Chris is such a blessing to me because he has introduced me to new things in my life that I never seen myself doing. Like never in my life did I ever picture myself being on a radio and being a, on air personality ever 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 and and you're um, a natural 
Thank you. I mean, it's really natural for me to talk. Obviously, I'm probably babbling on right now, so I'm going to wrap it up. (laughs) (laughs) But then I met Chris, and then Chris offered me an opportunity of a lifetime to me. In my eyes, I'm like in awe every time I come. I love it. He's always like, are you down to do this? I'm like, yep. Anything he says, I'm I'm yes, because I don't want to pass up any opportunity that I know might be for me, you know? And so... And that, so I started doing the radio and then I started getting a modeling gig to do like uh, modeling for makeup. And that's been really fun. And then I started school because I wanted to go into school be, to become an esthetician. Since I quit my, my spa job, I was like, I can do this. I'm going to do it better. So that is where I'm at. I'm at 23. And I'm just grinding my ass off so that in my 30s, I can enjoy the fruits of my labor. <laughs> And can we go into, like, your journey finding confidence? Like, what do you think it was for you that created the lack of confidence? Mm -hmm. And what was it that you did that helped you reestablish that confidence? Okay. You know, TikTok is kind of, it's TikTok therapy. I don't know if you guys are on TikTok, but there's a lot of things that you learn about yourself. And I started to analyze, um, like, my childhood and how I grew up. And I grew up with a single mom, constantly working. And she wasn't around much. And my love language is quality time and words of affirmation. So if you're not hanging out with me or if I'm not hearing from you, you're not telling me you love me or that you appreciate me, things like that. I, I either that relationship is not built for me. It's not strong. I don't create a strong bond with you. Or I feel like if, if, as for my parents, I mean, it's unconditional love. So I felt like my bond with my mom since she was gone for so long, always working. It wasn't ever strong. And I feel like. I started to get insecure in my home life because I seen all my friends with their parents and they're like a happy, beautiful family. And like, I never got that. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I craved a lot of attention from my mom. And I feel like it started to turn into an insecurity where I craved attention and I never got it other than my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And my boyfriend and I had been through a lot of ups and downs. And when the lows were low, they were really low. And I had no one to go to. It was just myself. I had to deal with it alone. And so I think a lot of insecurity had to stem from me just growing up and just things I had to go through. Um, And then as for gaining my confidence back, it took me to move to New York, go through a crazy amount of stress, borderline depression. I mean, I started like my hair started pulling like it was it's called alopecia. So when I'm really stressed and my body reaches a point where it's just like on a meltdown, I my hair legit starts falling out. And I love my hair, girl. Like I <laughs> my girl. hair brings me so much confidence. Like I like I'm not wearing any makeup right now, but my hair is in and I, I feel okay. But if my hair is not done, I just it's not a good day for me. So that's when it was a really red flag for me to be like, okay, I'm gonna move back home. I can't do this. And so on my way back home, I I told myself, you know, enough of this. I need to really focus on myself and like there's no happiness in being sad and insecure and you know what I mean like I always tell people like just be you like there's no reason to impress anybody Uh, impress yourself no one's gonna love you the way you love yourself and nobody's going to be your biggest fan like you if I'm not here hyping myself up if I'm not telling myself I'm beautiful I'm resilient I'm a badass bitch I'm not gonna expect that from anybody else you know what I mean and so I I read this book called you are a badass and it changed my mindset a hundred percent and so I'm on this journey of just I mean every day is a a battle for anybody whoever struggles with any type of insecurity or mental illness and so I definitely on the battle I'm on the journey of building all this self-confidence and and, you know it's every day but so far so good (laughs) and what did your journey look like of you and Chris meeting each other and like what was that first (laughs) meeting like (laughs) you can tell the story okay so we do a lot of artist outreach and basically what we try and do is we try and find a lot of new artists mm-hmm. and one of the producers I was working at the time had found Eileen's boyfriend mm-hmm. 
And I don't know what ended up happening somewhere down the road. And we didn't end up somehow talking to him about being an artist. I don't know, like, what mm-hmm. happened. And I think I ended up following him and, yeah, and not realizing it. Yeah. yeah, and I think he posted something, like, months later. Because I didn't I didn't really know who he was. I had no DMs with him myself. Mm-hmm. All the producers handle all of that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this guy's kind of cute. And <laughs> <laughs> Yo, 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 hop off him. Okay? <laughs> and, I, and then I was like, and then I was like, wait, I was like, I was like, wait, he's cute, but who the hell is this? I was like, wait, who is this? And what are they on my Instagram? And then um, he posted something that was really funny. I was like, shit, this guy has talent. And then I was like, and he, I finally had a girlfriend. I was like, oh yeah, like no. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna hop off. I didn't even know Eileen at this point. I was like, oh yeah, I'm not getting in the middle of that. And then so I. What's actually funny is that my boyfriend always tell me like, oh, this guy's like always DMing me. He's like, I think he works for radio. I'm not sure. He's like, but he's really cool. And I'm like, is he into you? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. Yeah, no, it was a creative for me. At first, I was like, oh, he's cute. I was like, oh, like, let me see what's up. And then I was like, and then I like scrolled, and I was like, oh no, he's, he has a girl. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, no, no, he ain't, he ain't playing for my team. All right. And so, so then I was like, okay, cool. So I started going to all our producers. Hey, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Like, who found this guy? And and everyone was like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And I was like, who the hell? So we just kind of became friends. I was like, and then months went by, and I was like, hey, I'm moving to LA, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god, like we have to link up. I'd love yeah. to meet you. He's like, oh my god, like yeah, like we have to hang out. And he so nicely after mm-hmm. never he's never met me before. We never even talked mm-hmm. on the phone or Facetime. Was like, hey, can my girlfriend and I pick you up from the airport? Like, how are you getting home? And I was like, oh, I'm gonna take an Uber. It's yeah. fine. He was like, no, 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 I insist. <laughs> and the moment that I met Eileen, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I might turn straight now. I love her. <laughs> I fell yeah. in love with her. Honestly, we had picked him up from the airport, and like it was an instant connection. Like we just clicked, and we started. Literally, did not stop talking until we dropped him off. Yeah, literally at his house. I, like everything from like from like places to go, things to do, yeah. and like oh, don't wear this color in the gang territory. Oh yeah, literally, <laughs> literally, to where gang. to go, where not to go. Yeah, and I was like, oh shit, and then I was like, oh damn, and then like Jesse and her and I didn't have time to hang out ever, and I was no, like, damn, I was like, I don't think they like me enough. I was like, damn, <gasps> not true. I was like. Obviously not true now. I was like, damn, I think Jesse thinks I like him. Now he's no, probably thinks it's awkward. No, no, no. I was like, great, Eileen probably thinks I talk too much. Obviously now I know it's completely <laughs> the opposite. And and we still kinda hadn't really hung out in a while. And then finally I had I said, Hey Eileen, totally random. One of our producers is stepping back to take on a bigger role in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking for someone. Would you want to audition to our radio show? And so she was random. like, what? Yeah, I literally <laughs> was like, wait, what? Like me? Are you being serious? It was so like out of the blue. And I again, I've never pictured myself doing anything like this. I've never done anything where I had to put myself out there and like be a voice of reason, yeah. if you if you will. And so when he reached out, I was like, you know, I've never done anything in radio, right? And, and I was he, like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I don't care. Come. And so I was like, oh, my God. And now when she did come to the studio, she blew the audition away. <laughs> we auditioned. I th- We had 200 submissions, but we only auditioned, I think, 14, 15, something like that. Oh, wow. And we had more auditions planned after that. And I said, we're not doing any more. I sent it to my executive producer, Natalie. Shout out to her and our lead producer, Danny. I said, hey, guys, what do you think about this? And then I sent it to our other production team. And every single person says she is the one. I we, was shook. I texted her immediately, I think, either that day or the yeah. next day. And I said, hey, day. you don't have to say yes now if you want to. I'd love to have you join our show. And she started freaking out. I was like, wait, what? Me? Like, are you being serious right now? <laughs> and she started. So and that was, I think, a, a Monday or a Tuesday. And she started on that Friday. On that Friday. It was like so fast. 
Um, and then after that, I don't know, Chris and I just clicked. I feel like yeah. we're like similar personalities, but also different. So we, we have a really good dynamic as a friendship. Yeah. We're also, um, we're, sh- we're shooting a reality show together too. Yes. Um, which is so, so much fun. Yeah. It's called Behind the Mic and it actually focuses on my life, Eileen's life, part of Sergio's life, part of Danny's life, and part of our other producer's life. But it doesn't focus on the radio. It actually focuses on the outside things that happen mm-hmm. in our life. Behind the scenes. And so we've just started getting Eileen in, into it. And I feel like that's really gotten us a lot closer yeah. and not even that like we went out to dinner the other day and we just talked for hours yeah, we were she's like ever. I had to leave by 7 7pm 7, 7 and yeah. next thing you know it's like 10 30 like, like okay. rolling up to my house <laughs> like I just the vibe with her is so immaculate and like Definitely. I would do like anything for like her and Jesse because no, like they're likewise, like their family Chris. And this is what I mean. Like when I met Chris, things started to just snowball and it just, it, everything's going so quickly now, but it's so much fun to me. And like, he's definitely changed my life for the better. Yeah, but I, so have you. I mean, let's uh, be real. Thank you, Chris. Stop. We're going to start crying. <laughs> <laughs> but when we were out for dinner the other day, I told him like, you know what's on my bucket list? Like I have a bucket list that I want to do. And I, what is the word? Devoted myself into making sure that I get those things done because it's for me and it's something that I know would fulfill me, make me so happy. It's not about the money to me. It's not about any of that. It's literally just fulfilling my my soul yeah. and what I want to do. That's why I feel like also she works so well is because everyone that works, we have a team of almost 24 people. And Eileen and Sergio and Danny only release, well, not really Danny because he's a lead producer, but like Eileen and Sergio and uh, and our other honor personalities only really see this really small group. And the one thing I love mm-hmm. about our, our team is that no one's in it for the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, in this not industry, you can make a lot, mm-hmm. but you can also learn a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the like, I'll be like, hey, I mean, you want to do this? She's like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't say no. <laughs> and again, because I don't want to pass up any opportunity. And to me, it's like, again, I'm not driven by money. I'm not driven by the sense. I'm driven by what can I learn? What I I read this mantra. It was like something that's, it was like a card. It might sound corny, but the, the post said like, this is meant for you. Like you're supposed to read this. And so I was like, okay, let me read it. And it said like, don't pass up any opportunity because everyone you take is for you mm-hmm. and so i after that I, i'm a yes man i've always been yeah, a, a yes too. woman I which i say. feel like it might be a, a weakness it's sometimes. Been, no one i say it all the time it's a weakness <laughs> because sometimes i don't want to do something but i say yes because i feel bad saying no or just something in me like i know if i were in that position i would love for somebody to help me you know and so i always say yes to everything but i feel like you say yes but like you think about it when you say yes though yeah i you're, definitely you're, do you're i'm so like, smart i'm that. definitely like how's my schedule is am I can I do it? Am I mentally stable to do it? Who's gonna be there? And what's the the vibes and the energy? Again, I'm really big on energy. <laughs> what's my schedule? <laughs> getting up at three in the morning, getting up at two in the morning for the I radio know, show. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> And then spending, like, all day doing that, then, like, going to the gym, working out, then, like, an hour later, like, hey, come over and let's do some screen tests. That's why I'm so happy I'm really young, because my sleep schedule is all out of whack, but I say also sleep is for the weak, and so I'm not weak. I will lose sleep off of anything I would want to do. (laughs) That is your saying. Yes, I do say that. And is there anything in particular you think you did to manifest this opportunity, or like going from being in that nine to five mm-hmm. to being where you're at right now. Did you see this? Like, did you see like, I'm going to become a personal brand. I'm going to do this. Yes. Did you see any of okay, this before? So this is, I didn't want to tap into it too much because a lot of people think I'm crazy when I talk about horoscopes and manifestation and all that. But I appreciate you that you're like really interested. So look, <laughs> I was going through a time where I loved what I did. I was a, a spa manager for a place where they did facials and I was working hand in hand with the owner 
owner and it was a small business um in uptown whittier i'm not sure if you know where that's at but she basically just left the whole store in my hands she would leave and everything was on eileen everything every customer complained every return every anything that i had i handled everything i did taxes i did i paid bills like everything so but the thing is the owner wasn't so nice she was constantly like like if i came to work with no makeup she's like oh no like you need to go fix yourself or like you need to go home just constantly just being super negative and so I was getting tired of waking up every day and working towards what she wanted. You know, it was never for me and it, it wasn't fulfilling me and she was paying me nothing. And at that time I was overworking myself where I feel like it, I wasn't, I didn't feel appreciated. Um, and that's another thing. It's like, I'll, I'll put myself out there for free or not for free, but I need to know that I'm valued because yeah. if I'm not valued anymore, Which you so are. Yeah, thank you, Chris. <laughs> oh my God. He's being so nice to me, <laughs> but I definitely, if you see value in me and you treat me like there's value, then I want to be there because I've been in situations where people have just dogged on me and just been so, like, again, like the job I so worked at for two them, years, like- literally. And so when she started showing her colors that she was racist and all that stuff, I do not tolerate any of that and that was the face of her brand like i would post on instagram all the time a lot of people would say i'm only coming in because of you like oh my god i love your lashes your skin looks really good and so when she was like being super racist i was like you know what i'm quitting i can't do this like this is not what i stand by and a job doesn't define who i am my beliefs do and if we don't see eye to eye in this big subject when we work on all skin colors i just can't do it so when i quit i was like had a lot of anxiety for a long time so i was like i don't know what the hell i just did i just cut off all my income i know what you mean because i i got fired so believe it i got fired from my last job Mm -hmm. um because it just didn't work where it didn't work out damn no no bad feelings to them like love them still a great company and and i was like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck and we had we had the show at the time but it wasn't as big yeah and it was the best thing that ever happened and i think for you too exactly exactly and so to get back to the point of your question it's you have you have again like i said in the beginning you have to believe in yourself you have to be your biggest fan because if you're not nobody else is going to believe in you and so i got into the book of you are a badass and then i started less corny as it is i started manifesting it for myself i mean if you want to send me that book i'd love to i will (laughs) i will but i got into the routine of going to the gym every day and i would drive all the way to lake forest and i live in i live in like in the downey area norwalk area so it was about like a 30 40 minute drive for me to go to the gym but it was like fulfilling me i felt good i felt like i was getting things done and in the car i'd always i would tell myself you are a owner of a multi-million dollar company. Yes. You are a boss. Yes. You are, like, I would literally tell myself that because I've learned that everything, our whole life is already planned out. We just don't know it. Mm-hmm. And so if you just have to walk into it. You have to walk into what you want for yourself. And it's that simple. And it, it everything is energy and attraction. Money is energy. So I sing this mantra. And it's like, ching, ching, ching goes the money tree. And every time it chings, money comes to me. And I, I do that. <laughs> I sometimes sound crazy, but it happens. Like, I was so broke, so broke. Like, I would say, like, way a couple months ago, like, six six months ago when I had just quit my job and unemployment was slowing down. It's the scariest thing, too. It is. I've been there, yeah. And so, like, I didn't want to tap into my savings. I was like, no, like, I can't do that. And so I, lo- I left my debit card at home. I didn't have a debit card, but I had a Venmo card. <laughs> and the Venmo's connected to my debit card. 
and it had nothing in it. I call my boyfriend. And it's like two in the morning. I'm like, I'm running on empty. Like, what the heck do I do? And I don't really ask. I don't want to ever ask. I'm not ask her. I don't. I it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. So I don't want to ask him. Like, can you send me money? You know. And so I'm like, I'm on empty, but like, I don't have any uh, any money. He's this is like, my favorite story. So he's like, okay. He's like, don't worry about it. He's like, I'm gonna just I'll send you whatever you need. So I was like, okay, just send me like ten bucks. So he's like, okay. So he sends me ten dollars into my Venmo card. I go to the gas station. I'm like already like, damn, I'm so broke. I can't even fill my tank. And my tank is only like $25. I drive a Honda. You know what I mean? And so I I put it in. I put the, the gas pump in. And I'm just on FaceTime with my boyfriend talking to him. And then like time is going by. And then the, the pump stops. And then I'm like, I look at the screen. And it says like $28 and 11 gallons. And I'm like, wait, what? I was like, I was my boyfriend's name is Jesse. And so I'm like, Jess, my tank just filled up. I was like, how much did you send me? And he's like, I only sent you 10. And I was like, wait, what? And so I'm like, this is weird. So I, I put it away. I turn my car on. I have a full tank. And I'm like, damn it. I was like, I hope they didn't take it from my debit card. Because again, Venmo is linked to my debit. Mm-hmm. So I go on my deb- I go on my app to check maybe I went into negatives and nothing was taken out of the Venmo card. Nothing was taken out of my bank mm-hmm. account. It was like legit it was a free full tank of gas and on my way to getting gas i was singing ching 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 was the money tree and i was telling him it's gonna be okay i was like i'm gonna get money it's gonna be okay and like and it's just crazy how the energy i just attract to get a full tank of gas which has never happened to me my whole entire life like how do you how do you how does that happen like i I mean it's it it just i feel like life is fucked like that like I mean, okay, so like life is I, beautiful like that. You should say. I mean, I mean, yes and no. I come, so I truly come from nothing. Like I am self-made, yes. and, and people hate that. And no, the thing about when people say self-made, they're like, "Shut up, no, you're not." I'm like, "Yes, I am." What? But because the, they're haters, literally. And the thing about me is, I didn't go to college. I I had no. I've gone through. I've worked in TV. I've worked in film. I've worked in music video production. I've worked in radio, obviously podcasts, music production. I've done it all. And I was really like, I remember I was crying to my boyfriend at the time, saying, "I don't know what I'm gonna do. None of these jobs want to hire me. I have, I'm so skilled. I have this crazy resume of things I've done, but they don't want to accept me because I didn't go to college." And my thing that I have to say is. Fuck college if mm-hmm. you if you believe in yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, college is really a waste of time if you're not trying to become a doctor. It would have screwed. It would have screwed you know? me. I think I I I took a year off and I traveled a bunch and I learned a bunch and I spent a lot of money and I came out of it being like. Holy fuck, I just spent like $30,000. And, and he's not kidding. He just told me a story that he landed a helicopter on in his friend's backyard. Oh, here we go with this. That's a different story. That's uh, it a different is a different story. story, but I just want to make it out there that a lot of people think like, oh, I spent a lot of money. No, he, he blew through money. And it's crazy, but it's a learning lesson. Yeah, you know? and so I was like, I'm fucking 18. I just spent $30,000 that I like barely have now. Mm-hmm. And it taught me so much. And so the people who think that they can't do something, we I started this radio show off of a whim. I was like, you know what? I know radio. I know iHeart. I know their brand. I know everything else. I know how to do it. And I was thankful enough to thank Jesus. Natalie came along about a few months into it. And I was like, we got to keep going. We got to keep pushing. And so for anyone out there that right now that's listening to this, that is doubting themselves, bro, I've been there. Mm-hmm. I doubt myself even today. I own three companies. Yeah. And even today, I doubt myself. 
Like it happens like, again. That's and it's where natural. Exactly. And the, you're human. And the thing is, like, so our first company is the radio show. My second company is a marketing company. And the third one's a digital production brand. And so, like, I know that those, all of those are necessities right now in this climate. But still, mm-hmm. every day I wake up and I say, especially when COVID, I was like. How the fuck are we going to pay our bills? How are we <laughs> going to literally keep our office open? We're not getting approved for PPP loans. We're not getting this. We're not getting that. Our governmental mm-hmm. funding's running out here. And, and all of our sponsors, you know, the year ago was like, ching, 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 the money tree. And now yeah. this year, it's like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you're like, okay. But no, like my, my one thing here is to just like to piggyback what Eileen says is like, you never know where life's going to take you. And I think you need to embrace every moment. And the biggest thing is taking people around you and building them up. Like, I don't care. Like, the thing is, like, I would be sad as shit if Eileen one day left to, to, to because she got something bigger and better. But I would be so happy for her. And you need to build people up. And that's what mm-hmm. the thing is, is everyone in my life, I either learn something from them or I teach them something. Mm-hmm. And I always want to be there for my friends because people yeah. don't come from, you know, the same mindset. No, and not at all. I, I definitely do agree with that and... I guess to like wrap up your question and Chris hit it on the nose. It's honestly just believe in yourself, believe that it's there already for you. And you're just working towards it. You're walking towards your goal and it's, it'll all fall into place. As long as you keep a positive mindset, everything the the universe is a mirror. If you say, I hate my life, I'm nothing. I'm good for nothing. The universe will show you. Yep. You do hate your life. You are good for nothing. Yeah. But if you say, you know what? I am a multi-million dollar company owner. I am a resilient. I am a boss. I am friendly. I am loving. I am beautiful. The universe is going to be like, you know what? You are a millionaire. You are a boss. You and are resilient. Yeah, and it's not to say that you can't like have negativity and be... Because like, mm-hmm. obviously, you have like, bad days. Yeah, you have bad days. And, and that's what pisses me off sometimes. People are like, you're being negative. I'm like, fuck off. Yeah. I'm, I'm having a bad day. I'm going to be negative. It's not yeah. like rainbows and sunshines and like exactly. fairies up my ass. You like, know, it's always... <laughs> it's not about your fall and it's not about how you lost everything or how you failed it's how you recuperate how you recover and so that's where you learn your biggest lesson is like how are you going to come up from this no one gives a fuck how you how you ruined it let's see how you're going to come back from it yeah it's always about the comeback all had a shit show of our 20s like our 20s are some of the best and the worst times ever and so like the name of the podcast hits on the head like yeah my shit show of the 20s but that's okay because like yeah you're gonna get through it, girl. Like mm-hmm. you're not you're not friends with like Abigail from like high school, as Taylor Swift said in her song. Like- you know, and a lot of people think like you know uh, you know the society's kind of fucked up if you think about it because you're 18 years old, they kick you out of high school, and they're like, go find a career, find a job. What the hell do you want to do for the rest of your life? And it's like, how the fuck can I think about that when I don't even know what taxes means, what a credit card is, what it even means to pay bills? You know, and so. I think a lot of people have a lot of pressure because they're like, oh my God, I'm 27 and I'm not doing anything with my life. It's no, like, then like text our show. We'll help you. 833-632-0490. We'll yes, help you. Seriously. I will walk you through your taxes like Literally. tomorrow. But <laughs> again, a lot of people think like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up my 20s and I still haven't amounted to anything. It's like, I follow Gary Vee a lot. I don't know if you know who he yeah. is. Oh my God. He is the coolest person. Have amazing. you ever met him? No, I wish he I He is the I coolest person. I dream of that day. <laughs> Gary Vee, if you're listening, please. <laughs> um, but I, uh, he said, he's like, I'm 43 and I just barely started fucking living my life. And it's so bizarre because like we go to our parents for advice or we look at our parents and we're like, damn, like you really have it all set in stone. But if you reflect back when they were in our, in their twenties and they were with like, 
learning. Like my mom was 21 with two kids. I can I'm 23 and I couldn't even imagine having a child right now. Like yeah. that's oh so my God. much pressure. So many of my friends have kids and I'm like, it's so uh... much pressure. And it's like, oh my God, it gives me anxiety thinking about tending to another human being. So I'm still learning how to be a human. And so I feel like the whole mantra of in your twenties, it should be it's okay. I'm not even thirty yet. Once you're thirty, it's like, okay, baby girl, what you got going on? How are you making an income? What do you what are you are you feeding your soul? But I feel like in your twenties Right now, I think people need to stop looking at a timeline or yes. stop looking at people like, oh, well, they're doing that. I should probably already be doing that. People look at Kylie Jenner I mean, like, I oh my god, too. Kylie Jenner's twenty three years old and she's a billionaire. Yeah. Uh, wake up, call star. You didn't wake. You didn't. You weren't born in a multi million dollar okay, fucking family. But you know what I mean? She she did take the time to learn. Exactly. She could have been. She I believe. Been, I do believe she is self made. She could have been a trust fund baby. She could have just literally lived, lived off her parents' money forever. But she said. I'm going to make a whole business, which I could appreciate. But going back to what I'm saying is just because you're 23 and you're not a billionaire and you don't have that type of company doesn't mean that when you're 43, you'll be at her level. Yeah. And and the thing is, is nowadays everything's so different, the internet and everything. And, and it takes a lot of work. And and the thing is, is, is you can do it, but you, you gotta give it time. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Like Oprah Winfrey started so late in her career. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, and she went through shit. Like we've all been through shit. And Mm -hmm. and obviously like, I mean, compa- probably compared to all of you in the room, I've definitely had it the easiest out of all of you. You think uh, so? I think so. But, I don't know. But I've, I mean, I didn't go through a lot of things that you went through. That's and- true. But my point is, like, every, no matter what, the main point here is that, like, is that just because I've had it easy doesn't mean that I haven't also had it hard. Like, my my hard is isn't the same as your easy. It's, yeah, it's so different. Like, there's gonna always be someone above above you that has it better. And there's always be someone that has it worse, but there's every person is gonna have that. And people are like, I hear people say the word "must be nice." Oh, that God. pisses me off. I'm like, I like one time said to them, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm actually like, I'm I'm going to Miami today. I have a, I have this meeting. Wow, must be nice. And I'm like, really? You know what? Must be fucking nice. Sleeping in until eight a.m. I have to wake up at two forty-five every fucking day, five yeah. days a week. Work, then record a reality show until like nine p.m. Where it's like, that must be fucking nice to yeah. have a social life that isn't in the public eye. You know, Chris just told me the other day, he's like, someone said something so, like, ignorant to you where it's like, I'd rather be crying in a Porsche or something oh, like that. Oh, my friend said to me, I said, I, they said to me, wow, you had this, you have that. Like, it must be nice that you were able to, like, fly in a helicopter and do this and that. And I'm yeah. like, first off, that ain't shit. Yeah. Secondly, then they were like, oh, yeah, well, I'd rather have money and be crying. I'm like... You're still crying. Yeah. I remember walking, I remember at 23 getting a stupidly expensive apartment that I somewhat regret, but also kind of don't. It was, <laughs> it was four times the, the national average that I was paying. Wow. And I was sitting there saying, this is amazing. How can I ever be sad living in a place like this? Mm-hmm. And I remember those words because one day I was sitting outside and our producer is holding me because I am throwing up from anxiety, mm-hmm. bawling my eyes out. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I remembered me in the back of my head saying, how can you ever be so great? This is the... Uh, this is the perfect place. And I'm like, fuck this place. This place ain't nothing but fucking wasting my money. And so I don't care if, yeah, I'm crying on a Porsche, but guess what? We still got problems. Yeah. We still got issues. I will, Mm -hmm. I would rather have a true group of friends and just Mm -hmm. get by and do what I love every day than be having multi millions of dollars and not giving a fuck because I've been there. Yeah. We hear it all the time, especially from celebrities. Like, you know what really makes me sad is thinking about um, Robin. What's his last name? He passed away. 
He was Oh, Robin Williams. Williams. Yes, Robin Williams. I'm sorry if I, if I botched the name, but... I grew up watching him on movies, and he was such a funny guy to me. I thought he was so genuine. He made me feel so comfortable. And the fact that he was so well-known, he made classics, iconic movies in my childhood, and he lost his life to suicide. And the fact that he has millions, he had a family, he had this great career and success, but if you're not happy within yourself and you're not feeding your personal soul and what makes you happy, all these materialistic things don't matter. You know what comes with materialistic things? Fake people. Yeah, 100%. I've had a lot of money before and I've had nothing. Mm -hmm. I've done done both. (laughs) And I didn't think, I don't think I've really started having genuine friends. I mean, I, I did for a little bit growing up, and then I and then I feel like I had a good five or six years where I didn't have genuine friends. Mm-hmm. My friends text me, "Yo, can I borrow? Can I? I never forget this. My friend texted me and said, "Can I borrow ten thousand dollars? That's nothing no. to you." I'm like, first off, no, you don't know, and I didn't even have that at the time. I was struggling so hard financially mm-hmm. at the time. They're like, "Wow, well, you 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 know this and that." It's like. And that's why I feel like Eileen, um, one of my friends, Chris, who I just recently became friends with, um, Laura, one of our producers, Tanisha, Sergio, Danny, um, Drew, Brando, like these are such genuine people. Steph, Crystal, I mean, I can go on forever with these names. Mm-hmm. Alexa, so on. I, I'm sorry, there's too many people. I can't like I can't sit here and tell them all, but <laughs> they really show me that like, hey, we don't care whether you have the world or whether you have nothing, mm-hmm. and that's what people get really caught up in. Too is flexing on the gram. Yo, mm-hmm. all these people on Instagram are renting out their fucking Lamborghini. They yeah. don't have a Lamborghini. They you drive. A, they I, drive a fucking Toyota Corolla. You know what I just discovered? That there's this place in LA where you can take a picture. It's like a fake little studio. You could take a picture and make it seem like you were in a private jet. Yeah. And I'm oh, that's shocked. a thing in LA. That's a thing in LA. That's a thing here. You, you're the one who showed me that, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's literally a jet studio, and you walk in. I was like, you're joking, right? And, like, it's just like, why are you... Okay, Gary Vee says it. Why are you going to go work 40 hours um, every pay period, work all that time towards a dream that's not even yours, and then go spend it on on things to impress people that you don't even give a fuck about and that don't even give a fuck about you? The best part is doing experiences and not documenting it. I have been not having my phone lately and just living in the moment. Mm -hmm. It's just... It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you really start to just... I took a social media break, excuse me, a couple months ago. I deleted everything. It's and hard I said, to do that. It's hard because it's it's a lifestyle that we've already developed and we've been grown. We grew up in it, but I definitely learned a lot. I was more. I wasn't so like what what's on my phone? Like what are people posting? Like you start to realize what's important, you know. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and Chris, can we go back to how you build people up around you? Yeah, and like how do you do that? Yeah, and also well, yeah. can we go into like genuine friends and how you've been able to find those in your life? Okay, uh, genuine friends is really quick. I still struggle with that. I it's it's something that I'm not getting emotional. Um, it's something that really like haunts me because I literally have been through. So I will I would give the world to people. If I could, like if if I could, I would give Eileen money for the rest of her life to do whatever she wants to do. I would give my friends it. I would literally give the world these people. And I think finding genuine friends is not by trying. I think it's by just happening. And I think what it is, is you have to be careful what you share in the beginning. And that, and that's how you see who's real. Because I mean, I already knew Eileen was genuine, but we really, really, I feel like connected like a few days ago. And, I, and she learned things about me that she didn't know. I learned things about her. And it's something we, we keep to, in between each other, of course. But 
you gotta you gotta give it time. And if you force it, and the, and the same with relationships, if you want to find a genuine relationship or genuine person in your life, you gotta give it time. And that's the thing is you you gotta be careful who you're showing what to. And I think you gotta really open your eyes up. And even if you love someone, they can hurt you and not want the best for you. But to build people up, I say to someone, and I, I think Eileen, I, I think I said this to you. And if I didn't, I'm so sorry. No, um, okay. I said. Um, hey, like, what do you want out of this? And, like, what are ways that I can teach you more? And I don't know if that was you or if that mm-hmm. was someone else on our mm-hmm. team. I'm so sorry. No. But my my goal here is I, everyone I talk to, I, want, I know that there's areas that people don't know about. And I know I live a very – I've even myself looked at my life and said, holy fuck. How did I, I come from a small town outside of Boston mm-hmm. where I pack the con have yacht, I get my khakis, <laughs> I go to the store, and – and my parents, my mom literally grew up in the projects of Boston, mm-hmm. had no money. And I'm just like, yo, like, what can I show people? And, I, and even sometimes, I, last time Danny was in town, we're in the car, listening to the radio, and I hear myself on the radio, and I said, people are in their fucking cars right now. Mm-hmm. They're driving to work, and they're hearing this shit show. <laughs> and I'm like, how do 800,000 people every day listen to this? Mm-hmm. And I think what it is is for building people up, I just say, hey, what is your passion? What do you want to learn? How can I help you do that? And I give people the bluntest advice ever. And that's what I think people don't like is bluntness. And I love Eileen that she's blunt. A lot of my friends are very blunt. And so the thing is, to build people up, you have to first show them you. Mm-hmm. And you have to get there. And my the only, and why I like building people up and how I build people up is because I want others to succeed. <clears throat> like, mm-hmm. I think that I, like that I grow in wealth. I don't necessarily mean money-wise. When I build mm-hmm. people up, I grow by learning from their experiences. Mm-hmm. I'm one fucking human. I can only do yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. And so I think building people up is something that people need to do a lot more. And the thing that's funny is I have a bunch of followers on Instagram and they don't give a fuck about things I post and they don't support. And I have those rare friends that if I'm like, hey, can you do this? They would do it in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people need to do more. I hope I answered your question the right yeah. way. But basically, you got to build people up by saying, hey, what, do you, what are you doing? How can I help you? If I can't help you, how can I find someone that can help you? And I, I also think it, like it has to do a lot with because I'm again my love language is words of affirmation. So that's how I love people, and that's how I like to be loved. So I'm constantly like, like my, my girls always tell me like, oh my god, you're my personal hype woman. Because I'm always like, oh my god, you look so bomb, you know. And that's just who I am. Like I just I love to let people know that they're beautiful and that they're appreciated or or that they're like one of a kind. Like in my Instagram bio, it's like be you. Like I just want I want to see you for you. And so I feel like it, building people has a lot to do with not being insecure. Because a lot of people who put you down are they're insecure about themselves. They they have something within them that they're not happy with, and they want to make sure they're putting you down to make them feel superior. And so. For Chris, he doesn't look at life as competition. He's not competing <laughs> yeah, with not. anybody. And if you're competing with others, you're never going to be a good boss or a CEO, I should say. You know, like you're never going to amount to being um, something that someone that inspires others and helps them build because you are sad and insecure with yourself. You know, I feel like it has to do. He's very secure. <laughs> Sorry, I just whacked the mic. <laughs> um, I feel like he's very secure with himself because he will give any opportunity to anybody, and he Aww. won't think like, "Oh my God, they're coming for me and my dollar." You Thank know, because he doesn't. He doesn't think like that. Like 
at all. And so thank you. That's, I think that comes from a lot from that. Aww. <laughs> and like afterglow, like where did you guys come up with that name? Like, what does it mean to you? Yeah, I, I actually want to know. Oh, you don't know this actually. Know. Okay, uh-huh. so um, afterglow means basically the moments leading up to sunset and the moments after when it is just pure peace, pure beauty, and everything. And I think life can be like that. And for some reason, that word stuck out to me. Um, we were actually a different show for almost a half a year. Fun fact. Mm. We weren't named Afterglow. We were with a different sponsor. And I we had to rebrand. And I and I said, hey. And Afterglow just kept coming back to me. Kept coming back to me. And it, it just, it just, it means something so different now. Um, because... I like to think that our show is sometimes we're fun, sometimes we're crazy, sometimes we're weird, sometimes we get too drunk, sometimes we get too sober, sometimes we <laughs> sometimes we get too serious. But all all that it is, is is people listen to us on the way to work and we are their escape for three hours or for twenty minutes. Like where however long they listen to us. Um, whether it's five minutes, twenty minutes, thirty minutes, an hour, three hours. Um, whether it's all our binge podcasts, they can listen to you offline if they miss a live radio show. But Afterglow really truly is a beautiful moment because we all come together. And one thing I say, I say, hey guys, if you're going to join my show, you got to understand that you have to be honest and raw because our show is raw. And when I went through a terrible, terrible breakup before, our listeners could tell and I didn't have to say anything. And they're texting us, hey, we're here for you. We had listeners in the beginning of COVID who were texting us, hey, I don't know if you can help. I haven't eaten in a week. I need diapers. My children need diapers. I don't care if I don't eat, but please help my children. And we started taking Afterglow and making it more than just our pop culture bullshit that it was originally. Mm -hmm. And we started hand delivering groceries and diapers and baby supplies in the middle of the pandemic, like in my car, as much food as I could fit in the back of my car to people's homes. And I remember people crying and shout out to Diego Toledo. He also, he inspired me to do this. He, he's out of New Jersey and he started doing it and he spent almost $10,000 of his own personal money. And I, I put a lot of my personal money, the show also did a fundraiser. And so for me, Afterglow in the name really is that peaceful, crazy, beautiful moment when we all can come together for three hours. And no matter if you're a Democrat or Republican, you're gay, you're straight, you're bi, you're lesbian, transgender, life, uh, <laughs> any of that, it doesn't matter. We are all humans. We all have bones. Sometimes I feel like I'm a little bit spineless, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and we're just, we're here to have a beautiful time. And that's what Afterglow is. And that's what... That's why I've kept the name, and that's why I decided. And I remember our, our team was like, I don't know if I like it. And now everyone that has seen the show who has worked with us in the past two seasons has really said, I'm glad we stuck with the name. And so that's our little uh, afterglow right here on uh, iHeartRadio. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're finding like new team members, like what do you look for in specifically, and how do you test the chemistry and make sure mm. that it's going to be a good dynamic for the show? That's so a that's question. actually, yeah, that's a really good question. So I, I've worked in corporate jobs. I've also worked in startup jobs. I've done a lot with people. And so you start to learn what's going to work and what's not. And by mm-hmm. now at this point, I know what's going to work on our team. Mm-hmm. And 
Eileen, for example, she at first didn't think a member on our team, didn't really like her, not going into that too much. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, Eileen, I promise you, trust me, you gotta trust me. And she was like, okay. And they ended up vibing like that. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I really don't look for specifics. Yeah, their resume is great and this and that and the third, but if they give me a, I like to zoom. And so mm-hmm. if I can zoom or meet a person in person, I mean, Sarah, shout out to her. Yeah. One of the best Sarah. interns we've ever had She's in amazing. the entire history of the show. Mm-hmm. She came in here and we talked for three hours Mm -hmm. and we just talked and talked not even about the show just about random bullshit and I love her for that and so for me it's all about finding people that you can be friends with because our show and yeah we're a company and we have to obviously be professional but we are a morning show and we're getting up at fucking 2 (laughs) a.m. we're going on the air at 4 a.m. And we're all here for three hours in this fucking 300 square foot studio, (laughs) battling COVID, getting tested every week because we have to make sure we're being safe. And that takes a lot of fucking, a lot of, I don't know what the word is, a lot of, what's the word I'm looking for? Motivation. Exactly. Thank you. And so (laughs) I want to make sure that everyone that we work with is just incredible. And so to anyone who's looking for people, I just say, you need to vibe with them. Mm-hmm. I don't care if their fucking resume is from Harvard, Yale, and mm-hmm. Stanford all at once, and, they, mm-hmm. and they're going to bring your business by our ROI of 300%. I don't care about that. If they can't have a good time and be part of the family, because I, I like to think that Afterglow is a family. Yeah. It's all about the energy. Yeah. If, if they're again, not part it of it. It really is, because you, like, you can tell when people are being fake. Like, you can tell when they're just not being genuine. And it's, I think it's funny you ask that question, because I always tell myself, when I'm ready to open my own company... How am I going to hire employees? I'm yeah. I'm mortified and I'm terrified to find someone who is disingenuine, somebody who is going to fuck me over. It, like it scares me because through behind a successful company and behind a successful person is always great and astonishing employees. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like that's really difficult to come by. And so Taking notes. I mean, I'm really good on energy, so. <laughs> I know. Honestly, Eileen has become more than just, she, I mean, she started as an honor personality. I feel like I can see myself maybe in 20, 30 years, if we're still on the air, I'm like giving her the show. Like, No, she, stop. Oh my <laughs> like God. She, she literally, like, she's so incredible. And so I will take oh, her for Chris. meetings. I will take her to think. Like, she is so incredible. And so. Um, oh, I love you. And so, like. She's my vibe tester. Her and Sarah. <laughs> like her oh, yeah. and her and Sarah oh, right yeah. now. Like um We definitely are vibe testers again. I'm great on energy and vibes and that's literally the biggest advice I can give to anybody. Is clear your it's aura. It's the vibe for me, it's honey. The vibes for me. <laughs> I love the echo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And like were you guys did you guys always have like this personality? Like I can be on air, I can be a great speaker, like no. I can on like no. was this something like okay. created or like no. how did this come about so you I were was, like in a shell i, I was can't so imagine that. okay so fun fact normally when i meet people i don't talk i sit there and i am like that's shocker hey how are you really nice to meet you i am so shy i, I have such anxiety with I that i know that years ago i wouldn't even walk up to some, my job was i ran marketing and social media for five major cities and i couldn't even fucking walk across the street and be like hey how How's, how's it going? <laughs> like, I never... I mean, I always... I, okay, I did I did act as a kid a lot. I did a lot of musicals and okay. plays, TV stuff. So that definitely helped trigger. Um, 
I also, as a kid, actually used to be a really good singer, and then my voice changed, and I was like, huh! Oh. And, and I never from then can ever sing again. That's crazy. Um, but it, for me, I was, I always knew I wanted to do something, mm-hmm. and I remember getting, I remember, I'll never forget, I was like, Mom, I fucking hate you! I want to live in, I want to live somewhere else! Why did you have to let us grow up in New Hampshire? This is bullshit! And so, and I would just scream, I wouldn't, I wouldn't swear at my mother, then. Then. <laughs> Love her to death. Shout out Mama Gun. But no, I, I don't think I was built for it, and I think it's something you learn, and the fact is, is shout out to Elvis Duran, shout out to Ryan Seacrest, my two major mentors, mm. they taught me, hey, people are listening to you. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be yourself. You gotta, yeah. yeah, It's like it's fall in love with you. Yeah, and so, and that's why I feel like we've had such success is because we, we, I thought we had thirty thousand people when you're first doing our our offline podcast. Mm -hmm. I was like, damn, that's a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah, and now I'm like. 800,000 people That's live crazy. every day. Then you have your 90 to 110,000 off-air listeners. Wow. You're averaging 950,000 people between the off-air channels, the on-air channels, the Instagram, the like everything. Like mm-hmm. it's it's wild. And so I wild. think for me our listeners are what made me open. Yeah, okay. And I think LA has also helped me because it's a new stat for me. Okay. And so sorry, my my Boston came up for a second there. But um <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Eileen, what about you? Are you? I have always been a character in my family, always. Since I was young, I would always dance, I would always perform, I would anything you could think of, I, I always wanted to like make my family laugh and you know, be entertained. And so I've always I've I've always had a very outgoing personality. It's never been difficult for me. I was born with it. I really I don't have any advice to get out of your shell because it's it's just comes natural to me. <laughs> All throughout high school, I mean, I joined student body in high school, so I was that girl at the assemblies on speaking on the mic, um, you know, cueing oh the God. music, doing the Stop. skits, you know. Hey guys, welcome to our annual pep rally. My name's Irene. That was literally me. I would do the morning announcements. Like that was like I was that was my life. I was part of student body and so I've always been an extrovert. I've always been very out there and to me it's fun. I don't have I don't feel myself when I'm quiet in the back of the corner not saying anything. I'm okay. I am an extrovert, that's true, but I never thought that I'd be able to do like the fact that I do this still blow and we were in our fourth season. Yeah, no, it is like, like mind boggling. Yeah, right? Like when you asked me to come for an audition, I had so much anxiety. <laughs> I had to take a shot of tequila before I came <laughs> because I was like I have to only because I didn't know how it was going to go. It was like it was it's a lot of pressure for me. So don't get me wrong, like just because I am very um comfortable with myself and I'm very out there and open i still get anxiety about the situations that come my so way do I. You know? it's oh my like, god it's like oh my it's nerve-wracking but i always take nerve as a compliment to myself because that means it's important to me you know and it means that i really want it for myself and if i'm not nervous or if i'm chill that means i don't care about it yeah you know, you know see the thing for me is i think why i like doing live radio it's fucking live. Yeah. At 7 a.m. Eastern time, every day, Monday through Friday, we yeah. go live. Whether I'm in the fucking studio, whether I'm taking a shit, whether I'm on the 5, yeah. whether I'm on the 10, and you, we go live. You know what's so funny <laughs> is that to go, like, we're legitimately live, and obviously speaking to you, you can tell we're a little potty mouth. We like to yeah. cuss a lot. On air, there is no cussing. So yeah. there's you a say, dump you button. You say the word fuck, you can done. get $50,000 of a fine. Yeah. Like, right yeah. then and there. That's like a salary and for so someone. there's this button called the dump button. And we have these cue cards that say, like, Closer to the mic, further from the mic, and one of them says dump. Yeah. And basically, 
It's um, like dumb. We we basically click a button and it flashes yeah. red mm-hmm. and we're on so on the radio and this is something that maybe people who don't know radio or TV, mm-hmm. you're usually about two minutes to three minutes delayed. This season we're about forty five seconds delayed. So, so we, we click have a button. No time. <laughs> we click a button and like, for example, I could be like, "All right, we're having a great fucking morning," and all you hear on the radio is, "All right, we're having a great morning." That's all yeah. you hear. The, mm-hmm. the dump button is all magic. But the thing is, the dump button. Every time you push it, you lose time. So, every time, 45, 50, yeah. 45, 40, 30, 29. Yeah. And so the, it's like every time you keep cussing, which sometimes it happens because we're so comfortable and we just like, you know. So that part is really nerve wracking being on the radio because it's like, oh, my God, it's like you have to be yourself and be live. But don't cuss and don't say certain words or certain things or like it's a lot of like like the other day I said, are you smarter than a fifth grader? And he's like, don't because you can't. There's certain there's brands certain you copyrights can't talk you can't about. Talk yeah. about. Um, even even branding, you say certain, you can get away with a lot on radio, but there's certain brands you cannot. Yeah. We even someone said something the other day about like something that wasn't exactly COVID safe sounding. It was COVID safe, but it didn't sound. COVID safe, I'd dump it. Yeah, it's just the things we say, and you can say like the word like labia on the radio, but you can't yeah. you can't say things like <laughs> I went to the bar, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's They'll radio like, is you. radio is such a different thing because the thing is is, is it's like. We'll all be. We have our own things when we're off when we're on commercials. Mm-hmm. All right, we're back in five seconds. Four, three. No, Chris is like, we're fucking back in five seconds. Get over seconds. here. Get over here. <laughs> I need to get in the fucking room. And then, it's, and, and then, then like, okay. wait, and then it's and then it's all like, it's all like. Oh, it's not playing, but it's all like, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Afterglow and iHeartRadio. How's it going today? It is Sunday, February 21st. <laughs> and we are having a beautiful morning. And then meanwhile, 10 seconds later, I'm like, you fucking bitch! <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like, you're having a beautiful morning. You're doing great. He's like yelling at somebody. like Oh, yeah, I'm like, go, go, go. And yeah. you don't see it. It's radio. You don't yeah. see this. And then, he's like and, speaking and like, and then it's like, you know. And we'll be right back after this. Dun, 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 dun. And then Mike's off. Stop. Fucking saying that. <laughs> get your shit together. Don't get you close, so close to the mic. Swear to fucking, I will no, end you. He's really it's not, not like that bad. That. It's really not that not bad. Like that. <laughs> no, I'm I'm being a little dramatic. Or, or sometimes, bad. sometimes mic go, like mics go off. What the fuck? This is shit. Everything's shit today. I'm pissed off. What the fuck is happening? And we're back here. How's it going? We're having a spectacular morning. <laughs> Okay, not to that extent because I would not allow that in No, you know for a fact that happened the other day. I was like, the fucking computer keeps turning off, everything is shit. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. That one time (laughs) the computer like crashed and it was a little bit of hot mess. What the fuck is happening? I don't know what's happening right now. I'm the peacemaker. (laughs) I would be like, Chris, it's okay. Calm down. Like, can I help you with anything? No, no. And then he's trying so hard to be nice to me, but I can tell he's not having it. And he's like, no, like, just don't don't look at me. Don't talk to me. I'm like, okay. (laughs) You know, radio is a radio is. Nerve-wracking. It's nerve wracking because, fun. and then one time we we were we got so fucked up on time that we were so late. I had my my boss, which never happens, texting me, "Hey, you should have been a commercial about twenty minutes ago. What's happening here?" And I'm um, like, ah. "Like I'm having a mental breakdown. Please don't text me again." <laughs> <laughs> and our listen, our listeners are fucking hard. The things they text us sometimes, it's like. Nobody cares. The things they say, I mean, we get, we get 10 to 12,000 text messages every single day. Mm-hmm. And thank Jesus, the computer can like, can like sort them in areas. So if, if they're talking about Danny, it'll all go in one folder. If they're talking about like gonorrhea, it'll all go in one folder. <laughs> like, you know, the basics that people talk like, about. They could tell like if, like he said earlier, like if he's not having a good day or not. Or like the other day I 
I fucked up and I, I don't know what happened, but I barely got any sleep and my phone alarm didn't go off. And so I slept through the show. I woke up like around 5 a.m. with they were still on air and I'm I texting Chris like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I overslept. Like, I feel like shit. Um, then he like calls me after the show or I called him after the show and he's like, everybody's worried about you. He's like, even our texts were texting like, oh my God, is she okay? And I'm like, oh my God. Like you cannot get away with anything with our listeners. You like, can't. They, they, they know everything. Like yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. I heard about that. But I like it because it kind of keeps you accountable and it uh, also like motivates you because sometimes I forget that there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of people listening to us. I think we all forget. We do. Until <laughs> people start texting, I'm like, oh shit. Like, did I really just say that? Like, yeah, no. It is, it's wet and wild water park. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It really is freaking crazy. But I'm an adrenaline junkie, so I live off adrenaline. I love it. And that's the Sagittarius in me. Like, I seek adventure all the time. And it's fun, you know, knowing that I can't do certain things and people are listening to me. It it activates me and I feel feel excited. (laughs) And we love our listeners. I wouldn't, I mean, we've learned, I mean, when we, one of our producers got like, announced her pregnancy to the world on our show not mm-hmm. even told like she told her friends and, and a few of her family but she didn't even tell her co-workers or other friends and the thing is is we i didn't even tell i didn't even tell my friends or family or our co-workers i was moving to la and so i said it on the radio oh my like, gosh i literally told danny and patrick all right Everyone. guys guess what i'm moving to la and the reactions were so raw and genuine it was like it, I, I wonder mean, if anybody actually believed you they did oh. i mean i moved yeah, here I, mean, I am. I know. Here you are. I'm actually really happy you came to LA. You fit here in LA perfectly. I do. I love it a lot. Like, I'm really happy you're here. Just trying to find a boyfriend and then I'm good. No, you don't need no man. You don't. You have yourself. Be in a relationship with yourself. I mean, my hand works great, but I'm done with that. Oh, <laughs> here we go. But, that, that, but this isn't that. Not that's Chris. not this kind of show. This is the shit show of my 20s. Chris, Chris is a thotty. He gets around. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. But, yeah. I don't know where this conversation. Yeah, I'm sorry. Where was the <laughs> yeah. What was the question? She's like, she, she's like, what do you have for breakfast? That was the question. <laughs> and like, how do you determine? Like, is this too much to share on the air? Is this just um, enough? Is there's this- no determination. There isn't. The thing is, it's is, like, I don't know if I overshared or not, but fuck it. <laughs> so I don't. I don't think it's in Eileen's contract, but in my contract, Danny's contract, and Eileen's contract, we have a clause where we have to fully disclose everything in our life. And that that was a part of me pitching the show. And so people... So does that mean that anything that's going on in your life, you have to say it on the radio? I have to say... I mean, well, technically, it's like... The thing is, if 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 something happens and and like the network was to get word of it... And they're they're not going to do anything about it, I don't think. Mm -hmm. But we have a specific clause saying like, you are required to be honest and open and blunt. And Mm -hmm. I kind of like that. Mm -hmm. I know it's weird, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. when I... I mean, I had a breakdown in the air once. I clicked Mm -hmm. a button on my soundboard... And I started playing a song that I didn't even mean to click. And it was a song I created for a guy that I was in love with. Mm. And he had just left me the night before. I started crying. And Cisco's like, and up next we have to go to commercial break. And he just like reacted like that. Yeah. And and I had a breakdown. I was mm. crying. I was freaking out. And then the next commercial break, no one knew what happened. And so it's the thing is, 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 is I think what we, it's not the sharing too much. But I think if we go on a subject too long, our listeners are like, Shut up. Like, all right, get over it. Yeah. Like, like the other day I had a stomach ache on air 
And I was like, my stomach hurts. And everyone's joking around with me. Like, oh my God, you're pregnant. You're pregnant. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Oh and God, they and dragged textures, it on. Our textures like, all right, we get it. The yeah. fucking joke is old. Yeah, they kept saying like the joke is over with, which it was, but they, you know, they wanted to just troll they me. They dragged it on for two but hours. Our listeners will let her, they, they'll tell us like, I'm over it. Like, stop yeah. talking about so that. So there's no, there's no threshold of things that are too much. And the thing is, it's like, you can't ever overshare when you're just being yourself. And like, if you're, if, I, the way I think about it is like, if I'm speaking, I'm flowing and I said it, I said it. Fuck it. It was meant to be said. You know what I mean? And like, if I feel like I overshared, then who fucking cares? You know what I mean? At the end of the day, they're not going to determine what I do with my next move, you know? And so just because you know a little bit more information about me, it's okay, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, is sometimes, and the thing is sometimes too, like I said, I think I said last week, I'm sorry, my mic is being a gay. I think um, what I said last week was something like, all right, guys, welcome back to Afghan Heart Radio. If you're still here, we love you. If you're not, I don't give a fuck. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really say I don't give a fuck, but I, what do we, it was on the, uh, it was on, I'm sorry, I'm looking at my producer. It was on the way to, to the studio this morning. <laughs> And what was it that I said? It was something like that. And the thing is, is like, we don't care. And so we we're just like, screw it. Like, Mm -hmm. let's talk about it. Like, let's, I'm sorry. My mic is like really freaking out right now. Let me just give a. Get it together. (laughs) It's like we're on the, it's like I'm on the radio with you the other day. Can you pour me some more um, juice, please? (laughs) (laughs) um, See, this is is the live show that we usually do. (laughs) See, this is, sorry. We we don't usually get this chance to do this on the live show. It's usually like signals. It's like. But can you try and tighten this mic? I'm so sorry. Yeah. Everything's just falling apart on this side. <laughs> but no, it's it's really um, you're good. You know, it, to to answer your question, we don't have a uh, we don't have a limit. We our listeners tell us that limit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Am I doing it right? Oh my god, Eileen, it's good. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, to give you guys who are listening right now, I probably looks so wrong. Yeah. Oh my god, I just realized how dirty that might have looked because I'm like. Am I doing it right? And I'm like, okay, so to, okay, so this is Sorry. something that we do on radio because people can't see what's happening. So for these that are listening to the show right now, my microphone is on a giant extendable arm, and the arm for some reason keeps going down. So that's what's happening right now. Thank you. And that's why Eileen and I are going crazy. So I'm sorry about that, um, everyone. But Gracias. we shall like, act like none of that just happened. <laughs> I probably shouldn't be drinking juice with high fructose corn syrup, but it's okay. This is brought to you by Tropic. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And like, what have been like some of your favorite moments on the show? And what are some stories that maybe you shared that didn't think would resonate so much that ended up resonating really well with your audience? Oh, that's a really good one. Do you want to go first or should I? Go ahead, because I have to think. So first off, one of my favorite moments was announcing Natalie's pregnancy Mm. because our listeners were over the moon and i think another thing was our people is um, me moving to la our listeners like i'm so excited for you we can't wait this and that and the third i think a a resonating moment is actually and eileen you didn't you weren't on our show this moment it was a black lives matters episode Mm -hmm. and i said to and i'm I'm honest about this i said my producer i don't want to do the episode Mm -hmm. i said i don't want to cover that Mm -hmm. and they were like why i'm like Honestly, I don't know enough about it. I don't want to go on the air and lead the show. And they said, hey, we'll work with you Mm -hmm. and we'll make it work. And so they they spent a week and a half educating me on Black Lives Matter and everything about that. And I got on the air and I made a statement. And our show is pretty funny and we never usually get into serious topics. And I made a statement for almost five minutes. And I started to say by saying, hey, I know you guys are here to have a good time. Today, this show isn't it. I want to dive into something serious. And if you're not here for that today and you turn us off, 
We understand. Mm -hmm. The world is heavy right now, and I want to discuss that white privilege is real. And when I said that word, people across our listeners from all sides were like, holy shit, he just said it. This is amazing. And I went into this long, overdrawn statement, and I pretty much was like, at the end of it, I was like, let's have a moment of silence. And... I, I think our listeners didn't expect that from me. And honestly, it was, I've never been so, you could hear it in my voice. I was shaking. I have never said a statement so powerful mm-hmm. because that, that episode was one of our most viewed episodes because we were talking about how we were going to do it mm-hmm. that day. And so we had almost double our listenership. Wow. And that show went into the millions of listens. That's crazy. And... I really went out there and that for me was a real resonating moment. That's awesome. I wish I was a part of that. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was such a powerful episode and I think what really made me happy about it is I expect our listeners to be like we get it, move on. Yeah. And every I didn't get one text that day. Well, that makes that me was happy negative. because our listeners are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and like sometimes they like joke around and they'll say like bullshit, but mm-hmm. I did not expect for that show to go as good as it did and so that episode for me really resonated. I mean, other favorite moments, I mean, one time I got so drunk on the radio that I started singing karaoke, <laughs> and that was ironically the day before COVID hit in the U.S. Oh, God. And we were off air for a month, and that was so hard. I remember saying to my producer, I think we have to file for bankruptcy. I don't think we can do it. Oh, my God. And Thank I God was so worried, and when we came back on air, our listeners were just so happy to hear us. And that I didn't expect to resonate. And that was one of my favorite episodes, too. That's um, awesome. It's, it's so hard to pick a favorite episode. I mean, we have moments. I know. You've been through, like, so many. To I, me, I mean, I've, I've only been on the show for, like, what, two months? Yeah. So that's only about, like, six or seven episodes that yeah, I've done. So, our, so she's on our Friday. So we're live Monday through Friday. But mm-hmm. we have a Friday show, which is very specific. And we've had almost, we're about to hit our 78th Friday. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah, and so, and so I'm only on on yeah. Fridays, so I don't really have a lot of experiences just yet, but I do have to say my very first time in studio on the air was Chris, myself, Cisco, and Danny, which is our other on-air slash producers. Oh, Sarah. oh, no, Sarah wasn't here. She wasn't? No. For your first show? Yeah, she oh, you're wasn't right. here. And we were sponsored by White Claw that first episode. And never in my life have I ever woke up at 2 a.m. and started drinking at 3 a.m. Never done that before. And to me, I don't know how our listeners took it, but I had the most fun. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to fit in perfectly here. This is going to be amazing for me. We didn't have one negative text about Eileen. And she doesn't know Aww, that until now. <laughs> that's so nice to hear. Oh yeah, he was reading text messages to me like, oh my God, I love Eileen. And so like that made me so happy. Cause, again, I've never done this before. And so definitely my first episode is in my books. I love it. I cherish it because it was so much fun. I actually, I bonded with all my coworkers because a lot of them are all on the east coast yeah and most so, of our team is on the east coast so i made sure that I, I i bonded with them because if i'm gonna be on air with you i want to get to know you a little bit more i want to see what i can talk about what i can't talk about if i can joke around with you and so um i definitely made i made it known that i would like to make a connection with them and it was really nice it was really fun and so my first episode for sure has to be my favorite yeah oh another episode i didn't talk about it was Times square it was the exact day that i don't know what the fuck i was thinking it was the exact day i was moving to la I literally had nothing in my apartment but a mattress on the floor. I had three suitcases and one carry-on, all packed with a few clothes, but mostly my studio equipment. Because I had to wake up, Laura, my producer slash sister, flew in that day. And we were in studio at 6 a.m. 
We went to Times Square, did this massive final goodbye New York. Natalie came and surprised me from Rhode mm-hmm. Island. Oh. I hadn't seen Patrick in months because of COVID. Danny joined us. Um, we had a bunch of guests. And we were in this beautiful Times Square studio. Shout out to Penthouse Studios um, and Acosta Park. Acosta Park, you the bro. You know that. I hope you're getting better with COVID. But we did the show. And when it hit, at that time, we were only on until 9 a.m. When it hit 9 a.m., we packed up. Our show we put on auto for the West Coast, and all of our equipment got loaded into a suitcase. I got on a plane, and five hours later, I was now living in L.A. That's awesome. And then you met Eileen. And then I met Eileen the Queen literally five hours and ten minutes later. <laughs> literally. And I never thought that this move would change my life like it did. I mean, I have met some incredible people in the past 24 hours that have like really changed my life. And I've also met some people in the past four or five months that I've been here that have really changed my life. And... That is why I think the Times Square show is my favorite of of one of my favorites because we had everyone together and that day I literally was like, All right, see ya New York and I literally remember I cried on the air. It was mm. such an emotional goodbye to people and I remember being I got on the plane and I didn't it didn't hit me I was moving until we started we we literally started um you know when you taxi and you sit at the end of the runway and you just sit there while yeah. the engines rev, rev up and the moment we they took the brakes off, I started crying. Aww. And I and it wasn't like bad tears. It was just like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm moving yeah. three thousand miles away. I have no friends, no family, and I thankfully met my roommates, Brando and Drew. I do not know what I would be doing without them. They are so huge in my life, and Eileen mm. especially, and even I've known Sergio for five years, but we didn't have a connection like until a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and so. LA has been nothing but incredible and I'm so happy we're here and our whole team's here and Yay, LA and so loves I you. feel like our yeah, I feel like LA does love me and I love LA too and I feel like the next few episodes are gonna get better and better mm-hmm. and each time we're all getting much more comfortable and and we can literally walk in here, sit down, the mics are on and we're good to go. We don't have to like prep anymore. It's just like it's insane. It is definitely. And, like, having that open channel of communication with your audience through those text messages, how are you able to, like, keep up with all those text messages? And how do you think having that channel has really strengthened your community? So um, the system we use, thankfully, does keywording. So basically, if people talk, because, we, we're, again, we're getting ten to 12,000 text mm-hmm. messages a day. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I barely can reply to three so, <laughs> on my own phone. If they start talking, if we tell people to text in about XYZ, people start texting about certain things and the computer's like, oh, this is the same thing. It'll generalize text messages. So we can really look at them and say, okay, these general text messages are saying this and that. And then you can click on them and expand them and that's and so on and so forth. But I think the importance of having it is that we really get to know our listeners and we really know what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it's really helped us grow. And every radio show pretty much has a text line. Every live radio show on, on iHeart, at least I can speak for, has a text line. iHeart is very big on connections. And people think radio is, is one-sided. It's me talking bullshit in your car at 7 a.m. And you're mm-hmm. drinking your third venti ice caramel macchiato. And you're pissed at your boss who says that you have to get the, 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 the print done by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. No, it's not that. It is 100%. You choose the show. You text about this, text about that. And and I think that being able to talk to that many people is 
insane in and being able to read to, and, and the thing is we, we get to see the old messages too so if we go back in one person's text thread we can see every message they ever sent us and we can see from the first message they sent us to the hey i'm first joining your show to even we had a listener actually this actually this really stuck out for me i want to see if i can if i have it oh yeah here let me try and see if i can pull this up she called well, I mean, every show is so unique, and it's never boring to listen to. I don't feel like I'm listening to the same podcast on the same topic every single time. So every time I tune in, it's something new, something thrilling. So I'm always excited to see what's going to come next. And, and like, the fact that people, like, say that to us blows my asshole. <laughs> okay, <laughs> great. That is good to know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what is your? What, I mean, I know mean, you don't really review the text because we have producers for that. But like, what are you? What is your thought with having textures? I mean, I love it. I love it. It motivates me. Like, it definitely. Like how I said, like what we're talking about, like oversharing or undersharing. I feel like it helps me. Just know that I'm actually speaking to somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not just Chris across the... And that they actually like me. And that like, they like what I'm saying. Because I would hate to like not be a useful tool to the show. Like if I'm just like dead weight and like I'm boring, I would I would hate that. You know what I mean? And Which so, you're definitely not. I feel like that's more embarrassing is like being boring. You know what I mean? <laughs> Instead of like being extra and annoying. And so I love it. Again... I'm going to say it again. My love language is words of affirmation. So when people are texting me, I'm, I feel so appreciated and loved. And I, I'm i here for it, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like it's in our human nature to seek validation from others. And so to get it from our listeners who are the ones generating our show, really, like we're only on air for them. Yeah. It's really good. It's really nice. I like it. And what's something you guys are excited about right now? I am thrilled i was gonna cuss but i'm not because i need to stop but i am so thrilled i'm so excited that i'm legitimately living my dream of fulfilling this reality show that we are currently working on we are just i mean we actually we shot like a confessional the other day like over here and i am just so happy like i just wanted to get going like even quicker and i wanted it all to happen and i want to see myself on the big screen because i binge watched the real housewives <laughs> on bravo tv and so i cannot wait to be on the show because i mean right now i'm technically not supposed to speak about it with my friends or family and so it's really hard because they're like, oh, what do you have going on with your life? I'm like, oh, like just the radio. It's yeah, cool. that's it. And, and the thing is, people because we we've signed. The thing is, is like in this we can talk about it because we're promoting it. But in our personal, because the thing is, in our personal friends and family group, if we talk about it, it will change the show. Yeah. And so I have, let's see, the four of us in this room right now. Mm-hmm. My mother, because I tell her everything, and that was one person <laughs> I made sign an NDA. Also, um, my one friend who who produces the show. Yeah. And then a few people on the show, and that's it. And it's mm-hmm. I've worked, I've been filmed before, and I don't think and when we really start really filming because I I haven't seen the basics of it. Mm-hmm. It is so insane mm-hmm. that you just forget that there's a camera falling yeah. around. Mm-hmm. And it's a wet and wild water park. And, you know, I say <laughs> it all the time. I used to say it all the time. I mean, now that I'm living it. But I always say, like, I need a reality show. Or this would be great on camera right now because the things that we go through and the things that we say, I feel like it needs to be seen because it needs to be appreciated because we're actually pretty funny. <laughs> and so I am... That's, that's just Eileen <laughs> tuning your own horn. Sorry. <laughs> I know. It really is. But it's okay. It's okay because if I'm not going to do it, who the hell will? 
So I am so excited. I cannot wait. I just want to be a reality star already. I want to be a fucking housewife. So make me a housewife. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, you know, I'm not going to lie. It does come with a lot of nerves. I do think like a reality show has a lot of negative connotation to it. A lot yeah. of people think like it's a, just a bunch of like negative drama and cattiness. I mean, you said and- once, you said 25 minutes of statements that they broke down into three minutes, making it seem like you were like, she was like, what's up, I'm Aline, I'm a crazy bitch, I don't care about anything, and also, Danny, I fucking hate you, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, and it's crazy and it was because 25 lose, minutes. They lost all the context to why I even said, like, oh my god, Danny, you're annoying. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, that makes me nervous because... Mm-hmm. Even my boyfriend told me, like, he, I mean, Chris is so nice because he's like, realistically, how long can you not tell your boyfriend about this? And mind you, my boyfriend's my best friend. I live with him. Every, he knows everything. And so when Chris told me I can't speak about it, I was like, literally, it's like a word vomit. So it's like so hard to keep it in. And so when he said, can he sign an NDA? I'm like, oh, my God, please, for the love of God, you know? Yeah, because I, I, I knew for Eileen, it, it was going to be something that she couldn't do for too long. I didn't want to do that to her. Yeah. So I was like... All right, we'll get Jesse to sign an NDA. He can, you can tell him. And- yeah, but honestly, I forget about it a lot at the same time because I have a lot going on throughout my weeks. And so when he said, "Do you want him to sign an NDA?" I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like I totally even forgot that he doesn't know, you know. But I told him realistically, I could wait a while, which I still haven't even like brought it up to him in depth or anything like that. I just told him like we're working on a really cool project. And once Miami happens, I feel like it might be a little bit. Hard. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And so I. I don't know where I was going with this conversation. I just, I'm like, I just blanked out. Oh, oh no, I remember, I remember. Because I was going to say it's nerve-wracking. Oh, okay. It's nerve-wracking to be on the show because anything you say, if I get a little too crazy, if I get too catty, I don't want to be preser- perceived as like an asshole or a bitch because I mean I, I like- am an executive producer of the show I don't think I'm gonna I mean I don't have that much control but I would yeah. not let that happen if, yeah, they, if they start putting Eileen in the wrong direction I'd be like yeah I'll stop filming but oh I love that <laughs> well only because like um, I was just having this conversation yesterday with someone where it's like I feel like I'm easily judged by a lot of other people because I have like RBF which is like resting bitch mm-hmm. face and like so if you don't know me you just think I'm an asshole or you think I'm a bitch or like my, my one of my best friends Kiana she says it all the time like a lot of people ask me like how I'm friends with you because she's very um, she's diehard Christian she's never had a boyfriend before she's very innocent and like she spends her days like having picnics and like praying and I spend my days like taking tequila shots and shaking ass you know what I mean so we're completely opposite (laughs) and she tells and a lot of people ask her like how does your friendship dynamic work and she I mean and it works but I feel like she a lot of people tell her like oh like I'm easily judged by my Instagram. I'm easily judged by just looking at me. But there's more to me than my looks and, like, my, my outer, you know, like, my cover. And um, she always says that she, she's a really good friend because she backs me up and she's, like, she's a person of many. And so she, she does a lot and she – I'm a chameleon. I'm friends with any type of friend group you can think of. When I was in high school, I didn't stick to just one crowd. I was out everywhere. I was hanging out with the swim team. I was hanging out with the cool kids. I was hanging out with the nerds. I was hanging out with – Anybody you can think of, and I didn't care because if you're funny, you make me laugh, and we have a good connection. I'm gonna hang out with you, and I'm just that's what makes me nervous about being on the show is that I feel like people might take me in a negative way mm-hmm. if I say something catty or something because like there's more to me than that, and that's why I'm also excited about the show because a lot of people don't get to see that side of me being like compassionate and being very like in tune with other people, and so yeah. 
But is there anything that helped you with the nerves of knowing like this could be spun in a different way or this could put me in a different light? Do you want the <laughs> do you want the honest answer? Or do you want the professional answer? <laughs> I'll take both. <laughs> um, Eileen looks at me. She's like, "Can I say I'm this?" Like, uh, well, it's not radio, so say whatever you want. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I what helps me with the nerves? I love to smoke weed and drink. <gasps> you smoke and have a lettuce? What are you doing? <laughs> Weed helps me out so much, which I'm not dependent on it, but I I love it because if I'm going to go somewhere nerve-wracking and I know I don't have to be like constantly up, 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 I, I'm like, let me just smoke and I'm relaxed and then I, and then that's when I'm like talking, 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 like I don't stop. Or I drink, you know what I mean? I'll just take a shot of tequila. <laughs> but to give you like a sober answer and not be like a freaking drug addict or alcoholic, <laughs> I I don't think anything helps the nerves. I'm always nervous up until I get there. But, excuse me, <laughs> what, sorry, <laughs> what helps me is um, the other person making me feel comfortable, and if they're not, then I just get in tune with myself, and I say, own the fucking room. Be the main character wherever you go, because if you are the main character, nothing else fucking matters. And so, that's how I get over it. It's just, you know what, I'm meant to be here, I have a purpose here, just get it done, and get out of here, you know? And, I mean, I've been lucky enough to encounter a lot of people who um, vibe with me really well. But I've also had situations where people don't. But I, I'm also, I'm a Sagittarius in the day, so I'm fire sign. So oh, I'll crack down on a bitch. <laughs> yep. But the thing is, it's a lot to do with my personality. So if you're being an asshole to me, I will let you know you're being an asshole and I'll be an asshole right back. So you can get different sides of me. Who knows? <laughs> and what's something that keeps you grounded? <laughs> my my oh boyfriend God. and my and my, do, my and my dog they are like everything to me my boyfriend's constantly reminding me what the bigger picture is i've gone through so much in my life and he has been such an anchor to me and he always reassure, reassures me and makes me feel so confident so beautiful and like he makes me feel like number one and to him he's like I'm his favorite person. He gasses me up about everything. Like, everything. <laughs> like, I wake up in the morning. He's like, oh, my God. Like, you look so beautiful right now. Like, you, this is my favorite view. And I'm like, ew. Like, what the hell? Like, my hair is everywhere. Like, it's just not it. Or, like, if I don't have any makeup on and he's like, oh, my God. Like, I love when you don't wear makeup. And, like, he definitely, he has a lot to do with, like, my confidence and, and how I feel throughout the day. Because he... He's he's really great. And my dog, I feel like dogs are therapy. They love you no matter what. My dog doesn't know who I truly am. Like, he doesn't know when I'm, like, yelling at my boyfriend, like, saying, fuck you. And But he's still over here giving me a kiss. And, like, he's like, I love you, mom. You know what I mean? I wish he could talk. <laughs> but my dog, he definitely helps me through, like, sad moments. He It's just, it's weird how dogs catch energy really quickly. Because he'll be in the living room and I'll be in the room crying. And he'll literally run to my room and, like, sit on my lap and start licking my tears. Which is so sweet to me. Because it's like, oh, my God. Like, how do you even know I'm sad? Nah, he wants the salt. <laughs> But he's like, how do you know? Like, I'm like, how do you know that I'm sad, you know? And so they keep me grounded 100%. And this sounds crazy. A lot of people think I'm weird for saying this, but it's honestly one of my biggest aspirations in my whole entire life. And and that's becoming a mother. I want to be a mom really bad. And Well, guess what? Bring on Jesse in! <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> and so I hope I, I aspire to have six children. Everyone thinks I'm crazy, but I want to subscribe. I grew up with such a small family. It was just my mom and my other sister and like and that was it. And the reality show is not paying for more than two. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and so 
so growing up with such a small family like our thanksgiving and our christmases were kind of sad like we had all our families in mexico and so i didn't really have that big family like vibe until i met my boyfriend and his family's huge and they get together for everything and they're so close and so one of my biggest aspirations is to become a mom and so i that keeps me grounded about my goal of being a mother because i am trying to make the best version of myself so i can be the best mother and like I always tell my boyfriend, like, oh, my God, I can't wait to uh, I tell my kids this. Or I, I, we take a good picture. I'm like, oh, damn, our kids are going to think we're so bomb. Like, I think about my future children all the time. And everyone thinks it's kind of weird because people are, like, scared of that point in their lives. Which, I, right now, if it would happen to me, I'd be a little nervous. But at the end of the day, it's like, I, I, I love my parents and I respect my parents. But at the same time, I don't want to be anything like them. Um, and so what keeps me grounded is to make sure I'm on the right path of being the best version of myself so that it, when and if it ever does happen, I can be the best to creating a little mini me, like a little human, you know? And it's like when you're creating a human, it's crazy because you, like if you're a horrible person, you're going to create the next Hitler. If you're a horrible person, you're going to create the next like, you know, I don't know who's, who else is bad in our society. I'm not going to get into <laughs> politics. I mean. Um, no, I'm not even going to touch on it. I hate talking <laughs> politics. And so I feel like it divides people. And I'm not, I don't want to be divided. But anyway, and so if I'm not the best version of myself, I'm not, if I'm not going to be at my purest and happiest, then how am I going to like raise something, you know? So I'm just here to like gain experiences and I just know that one day something and someone's going to love me like no matter what and that's your kids. And so, yeah, I went on about being grounded, but. <laughs> and Chris, what about you? What keeps you grounded? Eileen. Oh wow! I'm not even capping. I'm not even capping. We've known each other for like six months. <laughs> yeah, no, literally, Eileen. Um, Wait, are you being dead ass I'm being right dead now? Ass, yeah. Chris, shut the fuck up. Okay. I know you're not being. Right, ju- I'll I- shut the fuck up. Oh no 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 no. Okay, I want to hear. I want to hear you. <laughs> no, talk really, about Eileen. Me. Um, she she keeps me grounded because she she's she doesn't give a shit about anything mm. that's in my life she she's like all right you're chris dope like what, yeah. what are we doing like what, what, what are we what are we doing tonight mm-hmm. um eileen keeps me grounded and a lot of my other friends but eileen in the past few um mm. and then steph definitely steph steph lexa and eileen are my top three um and obviously oh, you guys and obviously if you're listening to this and you are my friends you also know who you are just because i didn't say your name doesn't mean it's not true yeah. um if you're sitting here saying well, he didn't say my name. And then obviously you don't know who you are. He's probably like, wow. <laughs> yeah, our producers over here are like, the fuck? No, but Eileen, I think, is my... Eileen and, and Steph and Alexa are my top three. I mean, and I'm not saying like one, two, three level. I mean, like all the same level. I feel you. It's hard to talk about Alexa and Steph because they're not here. But yeah. Eileen is very... Um, mm. She's very like, you know. <laughs> no, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> she's not. She's just very um, blunt and she she doesn't give a fuck about the bullshit. No, I definitely don't. She don't give a fuck about the bullshit. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. So, yeah. And I think because Chris has gone through a lot with friends, and a lot of his friends have seen him go through, like, he used to tell me when he was in high school, he used to, like, give people money to go do things that's for true. him. That's true. That is very And, like, true. people were motivated to be his friend because, like, oh, that's the guy that gave me money. And we just had this t- conversation at, uh, at dinner where it's, like, money does not motivate me. Like, just because you have three companies and you got me onto the radio and you're creating so many new opportunities yeah. for me i am not here sitting down with you because you're gonna give me more opportunity like and that's that, why i'm grounded because of her oh i love that i'm i'm really happy i can ground you because a lot of people think like i'm bougie and self-centered and it, it offends me a little because it's like just because i like to speak highly myself and i like nice things it doesn't mean that i'm that person you know like and so 
if I can ground somebody, shit, I'm doing something right, I guess. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's kind of weird. But I sometimes I, like, I'm shook because I'm only 23 and I, I'm really close with older people. Like, I there, I have friends that are my age and sometimes I'm like, oh, my God. Like, girl, get it together. What is happening? But it's crazy how I attract an older crowd and I am so inspired and I love that my closest friends are, like, 25 and up. And it's because they teach me a lot, you know? And they ground me, so. <laughs> they do. And if there's only one message that you really want everyone listening to your show to get, what would that one message be? Be yourself. Yes. You just took that right out of my mouth. Literally, like, the reason Chris and I are here where, we, where we're at, and, like, he's amounted to so much, and I hope to amount to just as much, is because we are just ourselves. We're nothing less and nothing more. We're not here to impress people because if you're not being yourself, you're going to fall into, like, being unhappy and, like, you're not going... You're going to fall into depression because you're never going to live what you want to live. And so definitely be you. Only impress you. And love have fun. you, And have fun. Yes. Be positive. Like... That's all I can say. You hear it all the time, but when you really start implementing it, it's crazy how your life changes. I mean, look at me. I feel like I'm the walking mantra of that because <laughs> I was so sad. I was so, like, upset. And then I started changing my mindset. I started, like, just telling myself I deserve it all. And it came my way. And it's just mind-boggling. So definitely be yourself. I've gone far with just being myself. Mm-hmm. And if you could go back in time and talk to your 20-year-old self, what advice would you give her? Oh my god, I think that's going to make me cry. Um, You're literally going to trigger me to start crying right now because that's like, I went through a lot in my life and I'm only 23, but if I have to go back to my 20-year-old self, I have to tell her, it's okay, it's going to be okay, and you are strong, you are resilient, you are beautiful, and you're going to amount to something. I'm like crying over here. Yeah. <laughs> Past. Just I know. No, um, I, I think I would say something similar. I just think, yo, like you're smart. Stop fucking catching up the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Stop being stupid and get your shit together. I just think, and it's okay. And everyone around you gets what you're doing because I have mm-hmm. a lot of guilt. Um, I feel like I left my mom and I feel like I left my friends. And just, I think it's all worth it. And just, I would tell myself, hey, it's going to be worth it. Yeah. Um, you're going to make me cry. Stop it. I'm telling you, I was uh, supposed to say, like, that's a really good question. Everyone because, gets like, emotional at that question. I never ask yeah. myself that. And, like, I, sometimes I tell my boyfriend, like, when we were talking about my childhood, I'm like, oh, I, like, I wish I could go back and just give myself a hug. And, like, just quick like that. But, like, now yeah, that you're telling too. me to give my old self advice, it's crazy. Because, like, at, like, when you're starting, when you turn 20, you're starting, like, this, you thought high school was fucking hard? You thought middle school huh. and elementary school was hard? Like, welcome to life, bitch. Wake the fuck up. Because Jesus you're, you're about to get, <laughs> no. Dude, we're anal rock. <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy because I thought the worst point in my life was from 18 to 20. I thought that was, I thought I was done. I thought, like, I was a loser. And it's crazy that you're asking me what I tell myself then because it's wild where I'm at now and I'm so happy and I'm so comfortable with myself where it's like I never thought I'd be here you know I never thought I'd be this happy and comfortable and let alone being behind this mic talking to you <laughs> like I've never been invited to be on other people's podcasts or a little fucking radio show and the fact that you want to listen to me and you're asking me these questions like it just makes me really happy I mean so. I wouldn't hype yourself that much I said <laughs> that I was for uh, me and Caitlin reached out and I said I'd like to bring Eileen but <laughs> 
And the comedy is I, back. <laughs> I literally hate you so much. What do they call that? Comedic relief or whatever? It just yes. goes, we're all like, ah, I know. <laughs> and then here we are. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. I, I'm quick with bouncing back, but that's that was not a question. Taking, uh, but you're not a bounce back. <laughs> Every day I, I feel like here, we I'm haven't heard crack. like a lot from you. Yeah, yeah. What, what <laughs> I, find, I find other people so much more interesting than I find myself. Oh, so really? I love to make it about you guys because you guys are just so interesting. I feel you. And like uh-huh. I just like my mind just goes everywhere. Okay. Like I just want to know everything. Like, <laughs> that's just no, me happens. too. I'm a curious thinker as well, and so I love to ask a bunch of questions. I do. I want to ask you a yeah. question though. So when you are coming to interview others or you invite people. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I keep burping. Okay. I'm stop drinking. <laughs> um, but- Eileen, that is never on radio. No, no. I know. Um, when you like have an interviewer or whatnot, do you come prepared with questions or do you go based off of the whatever you guys are talking about then and there? I come with questions. Oh, okay. I always, okay. Yeah, I have okay. like a whole You know what's funny? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to speak for myself and most of our show. When we have an interview, we don't. Yeah, we don't. And it kind of, like, it'll, I shit my pants sometimes. I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to ask them? It'll literally be like, it'll be like 10 pages of what the person does, and then it'll just be, just be like, how are you feeling today? <laughs> <laughs> or like, what inspired you to do your hair like that? Like, honestly, we just wing it. When with, was the first time you got gonorrhea? <laughs> literally. But to me, that I, I I don't hate it. It makes me nervous as fuck because I'm like, I don't want that awkward dead silence. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I would die. Like, awkward silence is literally you can't, Okay, and on radio, me. you can't... Okay, so on radio, there's something else you may not know, mm-hmm. is if we are silent for more than five seconds, the radio's like... Error, error. And it yeah, shuts wow. off and starts playing something else. So, like, we constantly have to keep going. Like, you can't stop. You can't <laughs> and meanwhile, stop. there's, like, um, actually, Bounty did a commercial just for us. I'm known for spilling drinks everywhere, all over the soundboard. And so, um, Bounty, so I don't have it pulled up here, so I can't play. Actually, let me see if I can pull it up, because it's really funny. Basically, Bounty is all like, well, you guys always are spilling drinks. And so, they made a they made a thing saying, like... Oh hey, like you spilled your drink? Like clean it up with bounty. I, I gotta have it somewhere here. I gotta have it somewhere. Let me let me take a look. It's 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 wild because um the thing is is we can't we when I spill drinks I have to keep going and you and you and you can't. Oh here it is here it is it, this is it. Why so serious? Spilled your drink? Uh. Quick. The quicker picker upper, and so like, and so they did a whole commercial, thirty one point two seconds of us because I traditionally have to keep going, and the freaking, and like that wasn't there. Don't worry, they're not paying us for this sponsorship. I'm just saying that's what happened, and we just like literally spilled my drink on the soundboard, and we got to keep going, and we got to keep going, and we got to keep going, and it's hard. I don't know what to say half the time. <laughs> like I really don't. It's really hard. <laughs> Like, that's why I wish this was your podcast and I can, like, pause it and edit it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And we can't edit out the boring things, too. (laughs) And do you have, like, any final thoughts? Any final messages you want to leave? Ooh, final thoughts. Oh, this is a favorite part. I have to say that no matter where you are in life, no matter where you live, no matter what you come from, my final thoughts would have to be that it's okay and you're going to get to where you want to be just like don't listen to the haters and and do what you want and the thing is you can become whatever you want to be it's just going to take a lot of hard work and and i think that the final thoughts is that 
yeah, just be you. Just just be you. Be happy. And whatever happens in life, you're going to do great. You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> you're doing amazing. And I do want to ask you a final question. Okay. So being with your boyfriend nine years. Mm-hmm. How'd you do that? <laughs> first okay. of all, first of all, like how did you guys continue to grow together and mm-hmm. continue? Like that's probably when did you start dating? I was thirteen years old. Okay, that's a big, yeah. <laughs> big transition. Like, how yeah. did you guys go through that transition and continue okay. that relationship? Okay, so it it wasn't easy. It was not easy at all, but it was worth it. So a lot of people ask, like people who have fallen fallen out of love in their relationships, who have been like in four or five year relationships, and like, how do you? Like, no, that's your person. Because, I mean, my boyfriend and I have been up through ups and downs. I mean, we've gone through some breakups. And we've gotten back together after the breakups. And their question is, like, after you broke up, like, how would you know you still wanted them? And I am truly am madly in love with my boyfriend. Because even through our breakups, even after, like, an hour of not seeing him, I miss him. Like, I want to be around him. Like, I am obsessed with him. But I do have to say his... His Nina, which is his aunt, gave him real gave me really good advice when we were younger, and um, it was we were in high school, and she said, you know, one thing you guys are gonna have to go through, and it might be a struggle, but if you guys are gonna last long and be together forever, one thing you have to realize is that you guys are gonna change. You're gonna change. You're not gonna be the 13 year old person you met way back when in 2011. Um, you're going to mature, you're going to grow as an adult, you're going to change the things that you like, you're going to change your lifestyles, and you guys have to be able to mold to the change and be open to the change. And it's crazy because we, we've watched ourselves grow up. We've watched ourselves mold into this new lifestyle that we're living. And like, I do have to say communication, being on the same page, and being in love. Like Those are the main three things. You have to communicate. And if you're not on the same page about it, you communicate till you get to the same page about it. And again, I'm madly in love with him. Like, I could hate him. AKA, the dick game's good. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) But if we're, like, going through a bad day and, like, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't stand you right now. But I would rather be... And sit down. (laughs) I hate you. I would rather be fighting with him and be in the same room than... Like, fighting with him and not being in the same room, if that makes sense. Like, I just want to be around him at all times. And so, definitely hasn't been easy, um, but we've made it work. And and then, number one is we're obsessed with each other. 100%. You know what well, I mean? I'm obsessed person. with both of you, too. Because, <laughs> damn, y'all are cute as fuck. Aw, I think you could, you're a little offspring. We'll be mom and dad for you. Oh, okay, see, a few episodes ago on the radio, you said I could, we could have our, our date, our three-way date. Oh, yeah, but, I did say that. But, huh? I mean, we I guess I go fuck myself, yeah. Well, you can you can come have a threesome with us. I'll just stand there and be like, hey, guys, popcorn? <laughs> um, what the fuck are we? No, my, my, oh, actually, I do have one thing to say is that um, it touches in about the growing up and having to, like, mold into them, their new person. It's like, we accept each other flaws and all 100%. There's no judgment. There, like, there's no judgment in our relationship for anything like I've done some embarrassing shit like in high school I shit my pants and he was the first one I told and not one smirk not one like he did not laugh at me he didn't clown me until after (laughs) but we definitely accept ourselves for who we are and we truly like are genuinely our biggest like support system and like fan like we want to see each other win and we I call us I call us a dream team like him and I are going to do great big things because we constantly motivate each other we hold each other accountable and like he's my best fucking friend like 
I don't know what I'd be without him. Nine years in, I'm like, where the fuck is the ring? I mean, we can call him right now. Oh, my God. I've been pressing him about it. Hey, Jesse, what's up? It's Chris. I know. We're celebrating our 10-year anniversary in June, and he's like, swears he has this big, massive thing planned for me, which I have no idea what it is. He won't tell me, and I I keep saying, like, you're going to propose to me. You're going to propose to me. And he's like, oh, my God. Like, I really don't want to get your hopes up. Like, I don't know if I am. And it's not that we're not, like, we don't want to get married. It's not that we're not committed to each other. It's just like he always tells me like you deserve like your dream wedding and so I want to get you what you want but I tell him like at this point I'm down to fucking elope like I don't care like I love you so much but I feel like marriage is um, a lot I hear it a lot is that it changes things regardless if it's a piece of paper and a ring puts a lot more pressure you're more conjoined and you're more you have to be a lot like all balls in you know what I mean I disagree why do you disagree wait I just I didn't want to, wait why yeah why do you disagree I don't I don't think I don't think that people assume it's all that extra pressure i don't think it's extra pressure i hear it all the time that marriage changes things yeah because people are like well everyone else has to change things I don't, if you love the person like all marriage is it means that that's you that's your person yeah that is your person marriage yeah. marriage for me it's like that is my person like yeah you can have a boyfriend a girlfriend whatever but like marriage is your person that's your yeah. person i i mean i i agree I mean, Jesse is my person, but I tell him all the time, like, of course, I would, I would, I tell him I would love to be engaged, but I don't think I'd get married just yet, mm-hmm. but only because it kind of gives me anxiety because I grew up in a broken family. I grew up with divorced parents and like, I don't know how to have a successful marriage because ne- it's never been taught to me. And so it scares me because to me, I would hope to never get divorced and it's a lot of pressure. I'm still learning. I'm really young. I'm only 23. Like, who knows if we're 20 years in and I'm like, well, well, you know what? I don't think I want to marry you. You know what I mean? Which I hope, God forbid, never happens. But, like, I always think, like, we're so fucking young right now. Like, shit can change. Like, we're barely starting My our asshole careers. will fall out of me and crawl away if you guys don't. <laughs> I mean, likewise. I think I, I don't know how I'd be. And so, I I don't know. I'm I'm scared of marriage, but I'm not at the same time. I'm like I'm ready for it, but I'm not. The thing is, I think if you get married, you need the baby, and then you need it. The nah, house, you know what I mean. <laughs> and right now we're having so much fun. Like I love that he's my boyfriend. He's my best friend. We go out. He doesn't drink or do anything, so I have all the fun for us. But right now, I just love living yeah. life with him. It's just so much fun. I love being a girlfriend. Everyone tells me, oh my God, you're such a good wifey. And I'm like, I'm only a good wifey because he lets me be, like, he lets me, you know? Like I'm planning a trip. I'm sorry, I'm going off everywhere. But yes, <laughs> I won't stop talking. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for doing this. Yeah, of course. Thank you no, so much thank for having you, us. No, thank you, girl. Thank you. It's all because of you. <laughs> and where can people connect with you online? Yeah, so head over to at Afterglow on air on yes. Instagram. Head over to www.afterglow on air to mm-hmm. catch us live if you are not in New York, Miami, or LA. Head over to afterglowonair.com slash offline if you guys want to mm-hmm. he- hear all of our shows from season two and on. Every show you actually ever have had is up there. That's great. Including our after hours shows, which are oh, fully yes. raw and fully uncensored, just and like the sex juicy. like to have. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's what you got to do. And then um, I'm at Chris, the producer, and Eileen. I am at Eileen, three N's and three underscores. You had to do that. <laughs> the thing is, people wouldn't know. They'd put Eileen and then you'd find okay, another sorry. Eileen. So Eileen with three N's and one underscore wasn't a thing? <laughs> no. It might be somebody else's. Definitely not me. Give me a follow on Instagram. I would love to see... You guys supporting and following. If you listen to this podcast, you're a dope ass motherfucker. 
facts. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, Wazzy, thank you so much for having us. This was very fun. It's been a pleasure. We've honestly. been on, we've been on a press tour for a few months now, and this is one of our favorites. Definitely oh, one of my favorites. Yeah, heck yeah. Mm-hmm. At least when I think shows up. Oh <laughs> yeah, great. You're so nice. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.